I don't know how that's less violent to have him rip his head off with his bare hands. It's almost worse. <laughs> I don't know how that's censoring it at all. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. This is our Xenosaga analysis episode yeah. 10. We're going to have one more after this, I think. Uh, we're getting really close to the end of the game. Yep. For this episode, I played up to the end of the, um, how don't you call it? I guess the sequence where With Albedo the yeah. and the crazy. Song of Nephilim and it's the crazy. summoning of the Proto Mercabra. Proto Mercabra, yeah. Yeah. So that's about where I'm, where I'm at too, so. Yeah. And I think the, the scene at the very end I left off on was Yuli Misrahi, like, teaching you about like where the core of this facility okay. is at and how to destroy it and you're our last hope and it's like you're going to the proto Merkaba for the final dungeon of the game all right that's where i played up to so that's it for this one next time we'll finish up finish with the, whole the game. remainder of, <clears throat> of the story yeah um we left off last time with the kukai foundation uh, yeah under getting attack. raided Yes. Because the Song of Nephilim is playing and Gnosis are coming out in force. Yeah, which is apparently what that does. attacking yeah. the Kukai Foundation and the now, Federation ships. And yeah. I was surprised at that, that the Song of Nephilim is just like a bunch of Gnosis killing everyone. Yeah. Like like when they said it drives all unto madness. Yep. I was like, dude, it's going to make people go crazy. It's like, no, Gnosis just come and kill everybody. It just summons a ton of Gnosis. That was, that was something I was kind of thinking of too. I was expecting yeah. something a little crazier or more disturbing around the song exactly. of nephilim itself based yes. on well albedo and how he is what right? they talked like the way margulis talked about it margulis he, he was like afraid and, of it and like oh it drives yeah, all he was so afraid yeah and then um albedo was just so excited to do it and it was like yes sweet but it turns out it, it i mean i don't want to say it's just a bunch of gnosis they kill basically everybody <laughs> but you know I was expecting maybe for the people themselves to like go into a psychosis and to kill each other and for like a zombie apocalypse to happen. And Something like instead that. Instead it yeah. was more like, oh, it's the Wogland Day again, except, okay, so let's kill all the Gnosis. Um, so. Yeah, it's just, it's a song that plays that only certain people can hear it, seems yes. like. And the and Gnosis can probably hear it. And the Gnosis are drawn to it. Yes. And it's more or less just this big upside down pyramid structure yeah yeah that Although is we're in cloaked. space so is it upside down yeah that's true <laughs> it's cloaked so it's, yeah, invisible. it's invisible and anyways it's just really different than what i was expecting based on how they talked about yeah. it but whatever i also gotta say um so we give the memory cards back right so we got the data yeah the data from, from cosmos. cosmos yeah and give it back and um the all the prisoners are released and it was like immediate this probably wouldn't actually happen it doesn't matter yes. what the evidence is if the council wants to crack down on kukai they're gonna crack down on kukai there's no evidence that's gonna be like oh i guess we were proven wrong that like they once you give them the evidence they have it they can do whatever they want with it they don't even need to show it to the council. I, well, didn't they, they, didn't they make they a can, copy? I thought that that's what they did. I thought that... Um, it was something like, because we had her a disc. 
right? Yeah, so uh, it's like, it was like a copy a of the data. I'm just or saying if the government wants to, well, oh, I lost the disc, darn it. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> give us all your weapons, you're disarmed. Like, that's how government actually operates. Sure. But we have a very honest government, I guess, at the Federation, and they all actually watched the evidence and weighed it objectively. Very, very interesting. Not a completely <laughs> corrupt one just yes. yet. Yes, which is interesting because yeah. you, you mentioned that uh, the power of UTIC was being shown in yeah, this. Right. And but then also we're also shown uh the maybe UTIC does not have total control. Right. That otherwise what I said would happen in at yes. least our government right. <laughs> right. is what would have happened in their government too, where it's like, yeah, but UTIC said so let's just accidentally lose the evidence. Yeah. Um so the government it, it UTIC does not have total control, it seems. Yeah. They um, haven't um uh I guess superseded at the very top level not at the top yeah. there is still there is still hope for the federation <laughs> <laughs> to govern like honestly in some some regard um also my gosh when when Guinan steps out of prison and those two girls, the sisters that pilot the the ship, see him, they yes. are just like all over him. <laughs> they're just like oh, Guinan, you're okay. Like they yeah. freaking love him. I I thought that was a little uh, just yeah. a little funny. Well, like even earlier, this is something I we kind of forgot to mention, but it's like they're they're kind of hanging on both his arms as yes, he's walking and they're around yeah, and they're holding his arms. Yeah. Got a kind of a harem situation going on here. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it's weird. But yeah. anyway, um, the Gnosis begin attacking because uh, the Song of Nephilim begins to play after that whole thing gets cleared up. Yeah. So um, Chaos hears it. Robito and Negretto hear it. Yes. And then Shion. Shion can hear it. Can hear it. I don't know if she does now or if it's not till later. But at some point, we do learn that she can't I hear think it. Chaos brings it up first. No, yes. they can't play that song. And then like later on, Guinan He's and- He's like, yeah, no one else can hear it. And Junior are talking mm. uh, telepathically to each other about that song. And mentioning how they, they should be, or that they're the only ones who hear it or whatever. And then Shion mentions, what is that? Can you guys hear that? Uh, and Alan's like, hear what? And she's like, oh, you don't hear that music? And that's when- um, Junior's, Junior's like, what? Yeah. Because yeah, she knows, she knows. Because earlier, Junior was the one who was saying, nah, she's just exactly. a normal human. But Guinan's known, Guinan yeah. has intuited this whole time, like something's yeah. different about her. Yes, right. So whatever his instinct was about her seems to be right. Junior's, you know, made aware of that at this point that she hears the song of Nephilim, but Alan can't hear it. Most other people can't hear it, it seems. But it begins playing. And Gnosis are attracted to this music. So Gnosis just start coming out of nowhere, yeah. all just over the place, gating in. people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so there's a couple yeah. of interesting things that happen here. Um, first of all, Cosmos does a wide-scale Hilbert effect. Yes. And yep. and not only is the purpose of that like huge. to bring them into our dimension so they can yeah. be attacked, but also to keep them from like phasing through the walls into the Kukai Foundation. Ah, right. And to That's being right. able to just attack and kill everybody there. So that gives yeah. them time to get inside and like evacuate people. That's right. So there's a really long sequence here where you're trying to help with evacuation. You're inside the Kukai Foundation running around the station, talking to people, helping yeah. people and whatnot. And there's the, at some point you go to the uh, kind of the downtown-ish area and yeah. there's like 12 or 13 people that you have to save. Um, 
and yeah, that's interesting. It's all, it's long. I wish it was about half that number, but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, that happens. I wonder with the Kukai Foundation, you know how it's kind of shaped like a flower yes. that looks like it could close up into an egg? Yes. Why doesn't it do that? Yeah, it never does, does it? It it, it seems to be. It's ready. It's got these perfect kind defenses. of like um, Solaris. Yes, was able to do right. Yeah, it's got this perfect defense, and then it's like stays open, doesn't use it. Yeah, I don't know. Did did they actually say? I can't remember. If no, they say no, that it they closes have not, not said that it closes. It just to me looks like it could. Yeah, and I think it does, but <laughs> it didn't, and I'm confused. Um, unless I'm mistaken, it could be that that was just a cool look, and that there's these things that look like they should close perfectly together, <laughs> but, they, but they aren't actually meant for that. That's possible. Yeah. The only real note that I took during this section running around Kukai Foundation was LOL at the guy trying to hide with the cardboard cutouts and flexing shirtless. Did you see that <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. He's like, you noticed? Well, oh, I didn't think you it's noticed. like, stop talking to me. Like, they're going to find us. I think uh, Alan hangs out with that guy at some point previously as well. Um, when yeah. Alan gets upset at you and you have to go find him, he's with that oh, guy. Right. Just like practicing his, his muscle, his muscle <laughs> flex his, poses. His poses. Yeah. That was funny. And then that dude like locks his daughter in, in the safe. And um, some other stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. There's some pretty creative ways that you have to uh, free everybody. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just feel like we can just skip past most of that sort of small scale stuff okay. happening there and move straight to the cutscene where Albedo is just like yes, wasting the Gnosis along with, you know, Federation Max. He's just like just slaughtering everything. His power path. level, or maybe not his, just the technology that he has access to is just top tier. Like yeah. it is, it is beyond anything that anyone has, including the, the big Federation. Right. Yeah. So how do you get all that? I don't know. Uh, but in the scene previous to this, when, um, when the song of Nephilim is first sounded out, yeah. Um, announced, out, yeah. <laughs> uh, he is just sitting on his throne. It's like a dark throne. It's not, you know, but he's got this 100 series Reallian on his lap that's just lifeless. It's yep. just dead. Yep. And then he just like drops it to the floor and its eyes are still open. And like, oh man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty dark. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of that here with, with Albedo. These scenes yes. where Albedo were really good. Yeah. Um, it, it, in, at least in showing how insane the guy has become. But, yeah. Um, so, He's after Momo. That's kind of his main thing here. Uh, Momo decides to stay behind when everybody else is ready to evacuate yeah. to help give medical assistance to people. I mean, I get it because she can like read people's genetics like signals and know how to help them immediately. Uh, but like, why'd they leave her behind? <laughs> I just, and as soon as that cutscene happened, well, yeah. Shion goes, she's like, oh, I'll be right back. And Momo, you stay right here. Ah, man. Now, I... Having said that, I'm not sure there was much that they could have done against well, Albedo at that moment. I'm but tr I'm trying to remember because I don't know if like the party, like Shion and Alan and those people, are aware that Momo has the Y data. Oh, I maybe maybe not. If they don't that know the that, it makes more sense. You're if right. If they did know no, that, but it I makes think, no sense. But I think Ziggy was with us at least for my. Yeah. When I was playing. And Ziggy knows I, I this because... I can't believe that Ziggy left her alone. Maybe that's the bigger yeah, surprise for me. Sure. That makes sense. 
But and he I, may not know everything, but he knows enough. He knows that she's important and yeah. that they want her. And because I know that Guinan brings it up later, like, yeah. but I don't think they knew necessarily that's, at yeah, this that's point. Possible. But yeah, it's weird in either way that they're like, yeah, well, well, you can just stay behind. We'll come back for you. Um, but this leads to her um, seeing what looks like Joachim Misrahi sort of like wandering through the streets into an alleyway. She follows trying to catch up with him. And this is where Albedo sort of corners her and kidnaps her. There's a really yeah. cool shot. Um, it's like a low canted angle with a really strong backlight that silhouettes both his frame and hers. And oh. then he spreads his wings out and he's yes. like towering over yes. her, right? He has those wings. Yeah. yeah. Really cool shot. Um, and yeah. then obviously she gets kidnapped. She, she finds herself in a cold place. This is, um, the song of Nephilim that they're on the, the cloaked yes, pyramid. Ship. When she shows up. Yeah. Right. So she wakes up and she's, you can see her breath. It's cold in the place. Um, she's looking around and she finds a, what seems to be dead discarded 100 series reunion. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one I believe that had been with Albedo throughout the course of the game up to this point. Hmm. Um, every time that we had seen him before. Yeah. Um, Although I would theorize that it was a different one each time. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because Albedo's kind of screwy like that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she's freaked out, but, you know, doesn't know what's going on. Uh, she re she refers to this one and all of the, I think it's these particular 100 series that are with Albedo as like her sisters. Yeah. yeah In yeah. a way that I, I don't think <sighs> she, she has the same affinity towards say the 100 series reallians that are on. Oh, the Kukai. Uh, like the, the Durandil the or, or other ships. Um, okay. Huh. Even later, I think she refers to these as the same term that Albedo uses, the Kirschwassers. Kirschwasser. Um, Kukai Jr. does. Jr. calls them the Kirschwasser. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. these were like my sisters. So I think. I it, have a. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I have a pretty. I have, I have a connection there. I, I think it has a pretty good chance of being correct. Um, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later. But I yeah. do think that. Um, there is a special difference between the Kirschwasser that Albedo was after um, and the other 100 series rallies in the specific fact that the Kirschwasser probably were a little closer to, uh, what's his name, Mizrahi, right? Yeah. And okay. that they were, that what Albedo's really after is Mizrahi's research, yes. right? And that those 100 series rallies did have some amount of it because he could just kind of read their memories and things and he could... Get, yes. gather things from them. He just couldn't get everything from them. He needed he needed Momo. Uh, yeah. But then I think I feel like there are other hundred series rallies that are are made without Mizrahi anymore. Like he's yes. not involved anymore. Sure. So they never knew him. They never saw him. There's no conversations that they can remember. Um, that's more or less. That's just kind of a theory on my part. But I, yeah. I think it has a decent chance of being. I, right. I that sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, so there is something special then about the Kirschwasser. Yeah. Sure. And I have another cool connection, but we'll get to that later. Okay. <clears throat> So my next note here is um, that there was there's some interesting dialogue. Uh, a huge oh, gnosis yeah, yeah, yeah. appears as the Federation continues trying to fight them off in space. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is on one of the Federation ships. So one of the, I don't know, I guess like bridge crew says, gnosis gate outs increasing, left wing deployment is 60 seconds mm -hmm. behind. They broke through our second eggs defense line. And then the, oh, yeah. the captain says, we must rebuild the fleet formation first. Hey, any data from the 100 series? 
And this right. other guy says, no, sir. The Gnosis are gathered around a six, uh, 1,600 kilometer radius surrounding the Kukai Foundation. And then the captain says, I knew it. Damn, Helmer, the phantoms of Milsha really do follow in his wake, don't they? Yeah, I didn't know what exactly to make of that particular line. But yeah, the phantoms of Milsha follow Helmer's wake. Now, Helmer's the representative, right? The senator is ambassador like second type Milsha, dude. yeah. And wherever he goes, these gnosis follow. I don't know. I it, He very well doesn't, he doesn't have to be a bad guy for that to still be true but it's entirely possible that he might have a hand in all of this. Well, I think what's going on is that there's there's like a rumor been going around that yeah. Helmer and Second Milsha, um, they have actually figured out what happened and why the Gnosis oh. came through on, uh, on mm. Old Milsha and that they're keeping that secret or something uh, and that he's I now see. using that same, uh, I don't know, technology or ability mm. to bring them now. So he's just making the assumption Helmer's doing this because he doesn't realize yeah. there's a cloaked ship called the Song of Nephilim over here. I see, I see. Yeah. It, so it's just it just so happens that wherever Helmer, Helmer is focusing his attention, difficult things are to follow. Yeah, that's that's how yeah. it how it appears to this yeah. captain, and so he he decides to turn all the cannons onto the Kukai Foundation. Yeah, that's crazy. And destroy the source. And that's when I really took the note of like, okay, Kukai, close your egg shield, man. Like, <laughs> just close it. Why are you doing this? You don't have yeah. to leave it open like this. Yeah. Maybe it takes like a day to close. I don't know. <clears throat> um, okay, so now all the Federation ships are going to start firing on the Kukai Foundation, yeah. even though the crew members keep saying, but we haven't received that order just yet. Uh, from, you know, headquarters. And he's like, I don't care. Just kill yeah. them now. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, so a lot of his second-in-command people are, like, kind of pushing back. Yeah, but as he's, he's yeah. not having it. Yeah. So then we cut back to Momo again. Um, I, so, yeah, one of the first things Momo says here is, um, what happened? Question mark. Yes. That's not what she says in the Japanese. She says itai, which means, like, ouch. Like, it hurts, oh. basically. Um, the Japanese is actually a little bit more straightforward with the uh, rape motif that clearly the game was going for mm. with the albedo and these 100 series realians. Um, and the English version is a lot softer with it in mm. terms of the... Like the metaphor of it. Yeah, the metaphor yeah. and exactly what's happening. Um, it's, it's still quite clear, um, I'd say, but the English translation doesn't quite do justice to what the Japanese is saying, which is a lot more difficult to uh, read, I think. It's a yeah. lot more difficult to to be exposed to. Yeah. Um, but it's more in line with what the, the game director had, uh, was thinking. Had in mind. Yeah. Sure. So she says, this is daddy's place, which we get more clarity on a little bit later with, um, like the flashback Shion has of yeah. having seen like the top of this pyramid from oh, the yeah. hotel or so not the apparently, hotel, the, the, the hospital the window hospital, of her mother. Yeah. Which was where she was right before all the stuff went down. Right. And, yeah, apparently that hospital overlooked Mizrahi's lab and Mizrahi had just built this huge structure on the planet yeah. that either when the planet exploded, it stayed or where the wherever the planet went, it couldn't well, go or whether it took off from there before the planet ever was wherever the planet went, whatever happened to it. There's actually a part of me that wonders now, having seen the completion of the scene where yeah. uh, Proto-Merkaba gets summoned and then the uh, Saga yes. Nephilim like... like Docks oh. inside of it. 
whether Shion was on Proto Merkaba. That whole time. And that's her memory is from the oh. hospital on Proto Merkaba or something. That would make sense because there is something when Proto Merkaba shows up, there is a part um, from Julie, Yuli Mizrahi, I think, yeah. where she mentions that this was the whole Merkaba was. Designed for the creation of one other series, like Reallians. Yeah. And it was designed more or less by Dr. Mizrahi. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't just make the Song of Nephilim, he made the whole thing. Yeah. Because yeah. the Song of Nephilim, the Proto Merkaba, and the Zohar were all one apparatus. Yes. Right, right, right. And they all needed to be together in order to do. For whatever happened. Whatever happen. it was that he did on Milsha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Like now that the three have been split, now the Merkaba. And the uh, the Song of Nephilim are back together. back together. They just need the original Zohar, I guess, yeah, at this okay. point. So, anyways, when she says this is Daddy's place, that's what she's talking about. Yeah. This is Miss Rahi's like lab slash yeah. giant machine facility Dude, for creating one hundred series like aliens. Five hundred years to build that. Thing. Um, <laughs> it's but got, that's I think about it kind of the same way as like a Death Star, right? It's just like t- yeah. completely unfeasible However, to build that yeah, to get that many <laughs> materials and assembled in that. Yeah, it's like this just it's massive scale. But it's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. It is cool. Yeah. Finally. Um. Okay. So she says this is Daddy's place. It reaches out. Oh, the one hundred series reaches out and touches her face and confers yeah. a vision. And this vision is what I had mentioned of, yeah. of Dr. Mizrahi, right? Yep. Speaking to her in a tank, yes. it seems. Or I don't. I couldn't tell if it was Momo or if it was this 100 series memory I, that she's conferring to her. I, I think, think it was Momo because I think Momo was in a tank next to all the others. Um, uh, because so they, there's a point later okay. on where all the others kind of were jealous. Yes, of right. Of the doctor and how he was. So they, they, were, they saw how the doctor treated Favored her. Favored her. Um, yeah. But also I think this is the memory that Albedo read as well that she is giving Momo the memory that Albedo um, had more or less taken from her. Oh, I see. And um, because that's what Albedo's after is those, the Mizrahi ones. He's right. trying to glean information into what Mizrahi was doing and how he was able to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the girl's still alive um, and they're kind of like sisters and the 100 series Realian, I think, uh, well, I wrote, they have the same papa. I don't know if that was a quote or not, or that's just why I was, what, yeah, how same, I wrote it. Same, uh, same, but yeah, Dad figure, yeah. Vulcan or Vulcans, Realians can Vulcan mind meld. Yes. Ish, it seems. More or less. So yeah, that's pretty cool. They can just read each other's memories just like that. What Mizrahi says in this memory is that oh, Momo can become a human yeah. if she does enough good deeds. I guess this is what confers it is Momo he's talking to. Right. But um, she be, can become his Sakura. Well, and I have some notes here okay <laughs> do you do you want to go for it okay i don't because, have much on that well mine is just the sakura is the cherry blossom right the famous yeah. japanese flower that grows in trees but there's a really cool connection here so first of all her dad promised that she can become human if she does good deeds so momo pinocchio it's basically just yeah the like pinocchio Geppetto. motif seemed obvious yes yeah. very clear um he then calls her Sakura, which is the name of the cherry blossom trees that grow in Japan and thereabouts. Well, specifically, it's the name of the blossoms, the flowers. Um, but it's very interesting. He called her Sakura, and Albedo calls the 100 series Realians Kirschwasser, which means yes. cherry water. Yes. Sakura is a cherry blossom. Yes. So you get the motif of the cherry here. So Kirschwasser, that now knowing, especially later on, that Junior also refers to them as Kirschwasser, it's like, okay, this is this was a word. This isn't just Albedo's 
personal you know, term. term yeah. It's it's a more common term. At least others can can realize this as it, well. It's I mean the fact that Momo refers to them as Kishwashers later is okay, leads yeah. me to believe that that's what like Ms. Rahi's name for them was. Sure, yeah. So it would make sense. So, my, okay, I'll just read what I got here because it's pretty good. Um, Kirschwasser is to be consumed. You drink it. You get drunk off of it. Whereas the Sakura is the pinnacle of beauty. It's, it's pure nature. As Ken Watanabe says in The Last Samurai, one could spend their entire life looking for the perfect cherry blossom and it would not be a wasted life. Right? That's, <laughs> yeah, the, I remember that's that. the Sakura that he was talking about. It's a good line. Yeah. So the Sakura is a natural beauty meant to give a sense of uh, just love and life. And whereas the drink is meant to be consumed and make you drunk and it's meant just for yourself, right? Whereas the Sakura is meant to be enjoyed by everybody. Anybody yeah. can come and see the Sakura, but a Kirschwasser is just meant for one person to get drunk on. Anyways, um, that's an interesting connection, and especially with Albedo and, and what he's doing. It's, I feel like there might have been something there, um, but they both reference cherries just in a, in a slightly different way. So yeah. the Sakura has a chance of becoming human, and I don't get how that makes any sense, but... I guess, I guess we'll possible. learn later. There, what there's he a means. fairy godmother. There's going to be a fairy godmother <laughs> descending from the stars with a wand. That's how it's going to go. This is, again, uh, we've kind of already touched on this in previous episodes, but this is just such a mark of uh, Takashi Soria Saga writing where they're just, they're so vague that you just have to go, okay, <laughs> they're just like giving me a like, breadcrumb of what that scene is really about. And right. we'll return to that later and I'll, I'll get it at some yeah. point. But there's a lot of that type of dialogue here kind of towards the end of the, the game. And oh these my things. gosh. Yeah. There's so much of it. That's just like, yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to make anything of this just yet, but we'll <laughs> find out later. Quick um, note here from Aiden regarding the, how quickly something as large as the proto Merkaba could be built. Uh, he says nano machines yeah. help a lot with the construction of buildings and ships in Xenosaga's universe. Yeah. So it likely didn't take all that long. And that is true. I mean, uh, Shion right. talked about the little fireflies that are used for maintenance oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. cleaning and things like that. And it's yeah. just like a regular part of everyone's life. These nano machines are out there building mm -hmm. and cleaning and doing their work. And so yeah. I guess, uh, that's an important thing to bring up. So thank you, Aiden, for that. Um, okay. So now yeah. the end of that vision shows Albedo attacking like backhanding this 100 series reality and, and laughing and um and so it's really ominous and then we cut yeah. away from that back to the durandal the party's trying to analyze what's going on right uh junior and guinan are communicating telepathically we've telepathically. already sort of talked about this if yeah. the zohars and the durandal aren't calling the gnosis then and then junior says guinan it's the song we've been hearing isn't it and Gaina says, indeed, it's faint, but there's no mistaking it. No one else seems to hear it, though. And then Shion says, hey, do you guys hear something? Like, mm -hmm. sounds like a song. And Alan doesn't hear it. And Guinan and Junior quickly are like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, Shion they know should, right not, away. should not be hearing that. Yep. Um, later on, Guinan says, this image just won't leave my mind. And Junior says, you too, this darkness I feel, yeah. I'm being dragged down into an abyss. Um, and together they say, it can't be. And then they look up and, uh, because now I think they're realizing it's the song of Nephilim, mm. which they seem to know is not just a song. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole space station thing whole, yeah. out there. Um, so 
Then we cut back to Momo. She wanders into a room with lots of dead 100 series realians, and she gets Tons. sick at the sight of it. Yeah. Like just nauseous, it obviously having a huge effect on her, as I guess it would anybody who walks into a room full of corpses. Yep. Uh, it's disturbing. And we get a lot of dialogue that I took down from good. Albedo throughout this entire scene because I don't know, it's dense stuff. Um, and it, it's hard unless you go line by line to sort okay. of like be able to remember it even or break it down. Yeah, this is going to be the majority of, of my notes as well. So he says, such tears in, ref in reference to her crying. Yep. What beauty they hold, these tears of sorrow. Surely they are the most precious substance in the world. Yeah, tears are the most precious substance in the world. But are you worthy to shed such tears? The act of mourning the dead belongs to the realm of humans. And then she says, you did this, didn't you? And he says, ah, my beautiful little cursed wasser. But still. So he does call Momo. He calls Momo the same So he word. sees her. Yeah, she is to be consumed. She is not a beautiful yeah. flower. She right. is something to be, to get drunk off of in his mind. Right. He says, but still, can you really call this a corpse? And then this line, frailty, thy name is woman. Yeah. Now that line comes from Shakespeare. It comes mm -hmm. from uh, Hamlet. Um, mm -hmm. And it's when Hamlet learns that his mother, uh, after shortly after his father dies, that his mother remarried with Ham Hamlet's uh, father's right. brother, so Hamlet's uncle. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's he's using that in reference to his mother, frailty, yeah. thy name is woman, because he's upset that she was that she would just go do that so quickly. Um, so that's where that reference comes from, just Very so people know. But that's why he randomly says die. <laughs> Frailty, thy name course, is woman. It's, it's a reference to Shakespeare there. So. Interesting. Cool. Um, and then he says, no, that's not right. You little realians weren't even born from a, a woman's womb. The human race, fearful in its weakness, built this world in a futile attempt to elude the abyss they call mortality. Culture, civilization, yes. all delusions created by a powerless race and of little use like a barren woman. But amidst all this, you continue to exist as an unfettered soul, free from the shackles of flesh and blood, a completely pure consciousness, an eternal spiral undefined by impurities, a fusion of fire, breath, and spirit. What can we call you but angels? New unadulterated psyches, but what you lack is reality, and that is what I shall provide you with. What notes do you have on this stuff? Because well, this is kind of yeah, hard to a, break down. There's a lot there. <laughs> Yeah, I just have that. Albedo says that he can provide realians with reality, yes. right? So they think their psyches have an existence, but they lack reality. He says that he can provide them with that reality. Mm -hmm. um, of course, a lot of what he's saying is, um, is you know, Friedrich Nietzsche kind of stuff of just the, the realization of the futility of everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And um, I don't really have much else that I wrote here except for something that are coming a little bit, a little bit late. Yeah, I have more notes on some of the later stuff, but yeah. there's some hints th here that harken back to some things we saw earlier. So um, mm. the human race, fearful in its weakness, built this world in a fetal attempt to elude the abyss they call mortality. That kind of reminds right. me of some of the things Margulis was saying yes. to Cherenkov in that big tower that overlooked the planet. Which was basically the summary of the book. Yes. Uh, the Will to Power. Der Wilsermacht. Right. Yeah. So I think there's yeah. some of that in there. 
For sure. Um, you know, culture, civilization, all delusions created yeah. by a powerless race and of little use. This calls back to the scene where the two Realian girls are running around the tree, deluded right. in their yep. little illusionary world, yep. not able to see reality for what it is. Um, amidst all this, you continue to exist in an unfettered soul, free from the shackles of flesh and blood, completely pure consciousness. Um, and I think he's talking about realians now an eternal, yeah, an eternal true. spirit undefiled by impurities, a fusion of fire, breath and spirit. Now hmm. I thought maybe that fire, breath and spirit. There's a Jewish element to that. Um, first of all, breath and spirit would essentially be the same thing, but you know, you've got earth, wind, fire, water, right? Yeah. And you've got the alchemical symbols for those would be earth. Uh, there'd be the triangles and then a triangle with a line through it. And then an upside down triangle with the line through it as well. Um, and that's the way that the alchemical symbols would um, delineate between these two. So water and earth are kind of counterparts and then earth and or wind and fire are counterparts. Uh, they're more ethereal. They're less visible. They're more, they deal in the, um, you know, like fire goes upwards, smoke moves upwards, wind is above the water, the water is below the wind. Um, but then the earth and the water kind of mix. And so uh, when he talks about um, the fire and the breath and the spirit, he's talking about kind of that first verse or two in Genesis uh, with let there be light. Now, it, it's important to understand that back in the day, there was no real difference between light and fire. Um, yeah. Today we have electricity, so it's like, oh, light, light isn't fire. But until about 100 years ago, light is fire. Like, that's what light is. Um, and so, um, you know, the idea of the, the breath of God being above the waters and um, ushering in light from above as well, as he's referencing the realians, he's saying that, like, you have, and that's more or less what I wrote down here, you have a separate consciousness that's, that's it's apart from the reality, right? Yeah. So you've got this real existence that's meaningless and pitiful, but you also have this consciousness that's, it's, I, I guess, I mean, humans would have it too, but he's it referring to the reality. seems to be more pure or yes, undefiled pure than yeah. what humans have. At something. least in part because we humans came from 3 billion years of evolution <laughs> and like we carry with us the weight of our ancestors, whereas the realians are just more, it's a more recent thing that, yeah. you know, exists there. Oh, but wait, he, that he's referring me, to the, uh, the upper elements, not the lower elements. That reminds me of something fire. Shion said earlier, now that you bring that up, where something about them just being newer. I think it was when oh. she was trying to, she was trying oh, to cheer Momo with, up. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And she was talking about how... With the fireflies, Realians yeah. and, and, the, and making the analogy to the fireflies. Yes. And they've been around longer, and so they're more accepted, and it's just that Realians are newer, and it's going to take time. Right. There's something there, I think, with what she said hmm. that links to this with what Albedo's saying. Well, to continue this uh, line of thought... Um, you could think that humans have original sin, right? Right. According to some traditions and depending on how you read the Bible, there is an original sin component to humanity. The Reelians just don't have that, right? They, they aren't born in sin. They don't need to be baptized, right? They are pure. And I think that's what Albedo is getting at, mm -hmm. right? Those humans, they have this original sin. They can never escape from it. But these realians, these artificial creations, they can they can be different. And of course, we also have to understand that Albedo himself is a URTV. Is that it? Yes. Now, not technically, not strictly speaking, a realian in the technical sense, but an artificial created life form nonetheless, right? I think. <laughs> Or, I or a, life, a life recycling variant, but... Okay, sure. Yeah. So either way, he 
I think that he feels some connection with them, at least in part because of the the connection that he would have with Raelians in the sense of like, they both have this, this like pure beginning that's separate from humanity. Now I don't know exactly what a URTV is. So I get the life recycling thing. uh, Let's, let's read that out real quick. But I assumed that there was some artificiality to it as well because they all look the exact same. Right. So they're constructed beings. I don't know if they're humans. They have like the same faces and yeah. Right. Okay. Because also junior says, Oh, she's just a human, right. Implying that he's not. When he was talking about Xion. Um, okay. You are TV units or. You might be able to stop reading there. That might be too. <laughs> that might not have been revealed. No. Oh, like I don't think it game. was. I don't think it was. However, however, that's enough for me to say they're, they're created. It's yeah, a created sure. life form that isn't born from a womb. Right. Yeah. Um, so. But that's a good thing. So when Albedo's talking to the 100 series Reallians and he's like, you weren't, or who was, it was it Albedo, right? Who says you weren't born of, of a woman's womb? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. Um, that's a good thing in his mind, I think. Yeah. Possibly. I think so. Me, it, it, okay, I could, you could interpret that as being a good thing in his mind, at least because you don't have original sin. You're free, right? You're free and you're not bound by the, the wants and passions of humanity. Um, anyways, that's um, what I got. What he's saying is that they're undefiled and that the spirit and fire, you can think of fire as like the, the Promethean fire, right? The flame, the, the, the spark of divinity, whereas, uh, and then the spirit is just the natural, you know, breath, the spirit, the air. And then that those things are separate from the, you know, the tangible reality of earth and water. Um, he, after he says this, he cuts off his own hand. Yeah, oh my gosh, holy cow, dude. <laughs> and a purple light emits from it, and he, he sort of grows it back. She falls to the ground yes. in fear while he's laughing maniacally. Oh, and crazy. And it's a good, sometimes the, the maniacal laughs can be cringe in other media that I have seen in the past. Sure, yeah. He does it very well. Yeah, he's Very, good. very well. Oh, by the way. It's so just madness. Brought up earlier how the, the face of Albedo is the same face as... Guinan, um, right? Guinan, yeah. It's also the same voice actor. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. No way, I didn't so, know that. So yeah, this dude's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. I did not know. I mean, in Japanese, I'd assume it's the same, uh, and I still, I couldn't tell. Yeah. But I have seen some of the English stuff as well, so that's crazy. Um, dude, he's jacked, but he's also basically immortal. Yes. And this harkens back to the Telomerase like, idea, that he is he's the ultimate Telomerase. Like, he's just, he's just immortal. The infinite Telomerase, yeah. But, but... But telomerase cause cancer, cancer mm-hmm. and that's what he is. He is a cancer. And I mean, that was, we talked about that last episode, but it's just so clear now that it's just like, my gosh. Yep. Yeah. He's jacked. Uh, and then he tears off his own head. <laughs> yes. Just completely. <laughs> just completely. rips it off and is, continues to talk to her as a head In on the, the ground. In the head. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Says, ah, ma belle pêche. There's no need to tremble yeah. like that, else you make me feel like a pêche myself so this pesh has the accent over the first over the e. first one pesh has two accents one over both e's over i believe I this distinction is the term for sin in french oh really i think so so i think mm. pesh is peach yeah or something to do with fishing <laughs> it's like the other yeah uh um synonym for that word i think pesh which he puts emphasis on the second time he says it 
is is the word for sin, I believe. Hmm. Maybe somebody who's a French speaker can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but that's we that's what I here. Uh, Ash is saying I confirm, so I believe that's correct. Oh, okay. I, think I got How about that right. That? So I did not know that. Um, was that a glimpse of a man that I caught in your heart? He starts to see Junior um, in junior, her thoughts, yeah. right? Yep. Who is it? This red haired, red haired Rubito. Ah, it's Rubito. Oh, that's just yes. perfect. Yeah. And then he crushes his own hand with his foot, his head with his foot. <laughs> this scene is so. And then jank. he grows another head, like just kind of goes back. Where um, how Albedo has a knife in the Japanese version. Oh, really? He rips his head off in the English version, but he oh, uses yes. a knife yes, in the Japanese I remember that. version. I remember that. Yeah, he has a knife and he cuts his head off. What the heck? Yeah, it's freaking crazy. I don't know how that's less violent to have him rip his head off with his bare hands. It's almost worse. <laughs> I don't know how that's censoring it at all. Uh, in the English version, he rips off his own head with his bare hands. But in the Japanese version, which is what we're watching here, he uses a knife to yeah. cut his head off. Th th was this just to make it not rated M or something? Um, I don't know. The, the Jap Japan does this a lot. They often will um, censor their games. Just not, not even, almost just like localization. Not yeah. even to try and get a certain rating. It's just like, oh, the Americans don't like this kind of thing. But the Japanese do. Oh, but it's kind of dark. The Japanese dark. Oh, there's a lot of blood. That. As oh, he's like slicing tons. his neck. Oh, jacked, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Weird, but there's like this, there's kind of like this dark mist so all good. around it. Yeah. Here it's not there. And right. I noticed that too here, like as he's cutting. Here he's like pulling it off and it's like, it doesn't have that, but there's like this dark. They're covering see, up. See how, yeah, there's kind of, the, they're kind yeah. of covering it in Japanese. Like, yeah, you're not actually seeing the knife like cut yeah. through the flesh. Yep. Now that may but be. You do see waiting. the blood there. Yeah, that you don't crazy. see here, but it's like he rips his head off. Oh, it's so jacked. And you don't see the head plop to the floor in the Japanese version like you uh -huh. do in the English. Really weird. Wow. So that's more different than I thought it would be. That's crazy. I can't believe that. Okay. So yeah, big differences between the Japanese and English there. Yep. Do you know what he said while he coughed up his lifeblood? Except a corn of wheat fall into yeah. the ground and die, it abideth alone. So this is, this is the Bible. a quote from John chapter 12, verse 24. 24 yeah. um, essentially, uh, this, is, this is right towards the end, like right before the Last Supper, right? Like This is, yeah. Yeah, and so this is yeah. where Jesus is basically getting ready um, to uh, take on the atonement and to die. Yep. And so it, this just is a metaphor of, of lest a... Um, corn of wheat fall to the ground and die right then it abideth alone but but it, i think it continues on to say that yes it, but then the fruit will grow yeah. from it right yeah. so th this is referring the resurrection and the overcoming yeah, of death exactly and uh and anyway so that's what that scripture is all about yeah but, what i love about it is it's the sacrifice of the one for the good of the many yes right so the one falls to the ground um but then the seeds then sprout 20 more in its right. place right mm. and um I love this because this is Christ in John 11 before this. Um, this is about self-sacrifice. This is about willingly going down. Um, and he says, whosoever believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Yeah. And so the self-sacrifice for the good of the many results in the resurrection of the one. And 
this is something along the lines of Pinocchio again, like with Momo. Um, if Momo does good deeds, then she can become a person. And I, this, you know, this can be a reference to that as well. Um, that if Momo at some future point lays down her life for her friends, that she will then find it again later in a renewed form. Yeah. Such as being a human. So what I think he's saying here, what Albedo is saying is that Rubido said that to him, except Mm. a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Okay. So what Rubido meant by that, I'm guessing, is that Albedo needs to die. Self-sacrifice. So that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that's hilarious, actually. Um, You can look at this as self-sacrifice. You can look at it as like... Okay. The greater good in this situation is that yes. you crazy cancer albedo needs to die so people can live. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But if you don't do it, if you don't do it willingly, it's, it's, well, gosh, because the analogy with weed is going to throw me off. The idea is that if you don't sacrifice willingly, first off, you're going to die anyways, right? So there's not much you can do about that. Um, but that you're, you're giving up the chance of doing a greater good. That it has to be done willingly. I, I, there's something about that um, that's stuck in my mind here. But yeah. I, I can't quite marry it to that weed analogy. I'm, I'm having the same struggle currently. I feel like we don't have a complete enough context of what happened between Albedo, Rubido, exactly. and Negretto yeah. yet. To yeah. be able to like fully connect like what Rubido would have meant by saying that. But... What Albedo says, well, well, yeah, what we learn later adds more confusion to it for me because yeah. Rubido then says that he's like the other half of myself, that mm-hmm. Albedo's the other half of me that yes. I, I tried to forget or that I tried to... The shadow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So shadow. that throws a whole nother like loop in this whole thing yeah. that I'm not sure we have the context yet to completely I, like connect. I think I, I agree. I absolutely <laughs> So agree. we might just have to wait till a later game <laughs> before we can revisit this line. Yeah. But Albedo goes on to say, wheat, eh? There's enough of it. We can afford to waste as much as we want, like my head, you see. Right. What do you think, my beloved Pesh? Uh, she faints, he laughs, and then we, we cut back to that captain uh, in the Federation fleet commanding them to target the Gukai Foundation. And this is when the Damarung enters the fray and shows up, along with right. the Woglinde too, the, Wel- the Welgune, and... A third ship called the I don't know how to pronounce it. Flow Flossilde. Flossilde. The Flossilde. And those yeah. are the other Rhine maidens. And yes. so you have yeah. Yeah, Wilgunde, Wilgunde, and Flossilde are the, the, the th- all maidens. three Rhine maidens. They're all together with the Damarung, which basically means Ragnarok, right? Yep. Don't forget that. Um Ryden Maiden is operating within normal parameters, thirty seconds right. uh to second wave of attack. And then there's this giant blast that just like wipes out all the noses. Yeah, it was the, crazy. This comes from the Ride Maiden. Shion says the Ride Maiden, so she's operational now. So the Ride Maiden is capable of widespread destruction of Gnosis as well. Though yeah. it is limited to some capacity, they mention later. Um I think I took a note of that so we'll get back to it. But Miyuki here, Miyuki is that girl that was on the call earlier when Shion yelled at her director. And the girl was oh. like, she had to talk to the yes. girl first. Like, oh, that's right. She's been promoted, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miyuki explains that there's some cloaked force that's attracting the Gnosis. And if they link up to the Damarong's mainframe, 
or they link up the Dermos make frame with Cosmos's DSSS sensor or DSSS sensor. They'll be able to detect where it is and reveal it. And they're going to, so they beam over this, like a little, what they call a PT cartridge. And, uh, Shion says, do you have any idea what this thing is? And Miyuki says, yeah, I know it is. Well, I, I'd like to say I know what it is, but like, I actually don't. Yeah, she's, she's new, right? <laughs> yeah. She, Yet they trust her with this crazy thing. She doesn't know what the thing is. And so Shion says, look, Miyuki, this cartridge is a weapon. It sets off a phase transfer that destroys everything in the area. It may be localized, but you could vaporize an entire star with this thing if you yeah. wanted to. You'd have to be insane to try using it in a populated area. And then Cosmos suggests that by limiting the phase transfer mass, that she can activate the device without yeah. impacting either the Federation fleet or the Kukai Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I'm going to use it on its lowest possible power level. And then maybe we can hit their cloaking device and find out where they are and not kill anybody. <laughs> so that's kind of the plan there. Yeah, and Cosmos is able to do that. Yeah. So, so she takes it out into space and she summons from... It's like this little gun. The depths. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> the <laughs> biggest... <laughs> giant <laughs> fetching gun. <laughs> I have never seen a gun that big in my life and she's just one-handing it. Just like, boom. And just this, I don't know, it's about 10 times her size. Yeah. It's really, really fun, actually. I really liked it. It was awesome. Um, and then she shoots it. And it was like a depth charge almost. It just... And then slowly, the Song of Nephilim comes into view. Is revealed. And yep. it's materialized. And it's really tall. It's really long. It's just this big downward pointing spike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. So Junior cuts in here. Says that this is the Song of Nephilim, no question about it. The single worst creation that ever resulted from Yoki Mizrahi's research. It was the song that destroyed Milsha and summoned the Gnosis. We've got to stop it before everything goes out of control. So this yeah. was the thing, uh, I guess, together with the original Zohar and the Proto-Merkaba that summoned the Gnosis in the first place and caused this whole problem. Yep. Okay. So then we go back to... Albedo. Yes. Um, yeah. They're earlier than I expected, Albedo says to her, because he's, right. he's got Momo now. Yes. Um, That's I, right. She kind of passed out when he walked over him, and he, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll have a look around for that key inside you. So he, he's kind of holding his hand over her, and there's like yeah. this kind of energy that suggests he's rummaging through her subconscious. Yeah. Uh, looking for... The Y data, which is the key he's talking about, because the Y data has the key to the gate, yes. the, UM, the UMN gate that, uh, that leads to where old Milsha's at. Um, and then he sticks his hand inside of her. Yeah, basically inside of her. Yeah. Hand. And uh, yeah, she says, stop it. Get out of my body. Like the, the I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you said the Japanese had more blunt language it, on it this does. account, right? Um this one's certainly clear enough, but I didn't take any notes on the Japanese here. Okay. Um, I took a note here that Junior's bullet charm sort of glints in the light as he begins, like, as, as I put, exploring right, yeah, yeah. inside That's her. Okay, right. um, then we go back to the Durandal, and Junior and Gaiden realize that Albedo has taken Momo, and Gaiden says, Ah, Albedo, that explains what that unsettling feeling was about, not to mention why she's there. 
that girl Momo. Not only is she a specialized realian, but also the repository for the late Joachim Rahi's records. Albedo, the UTIC organization, want that information. Mm -hmm. They've wanted it for a long time. So this is where I feel like they've now finally revealed to like our main party, Xion and co, that this is what they want Momo for is Mizrahi's research. I don't know if yeah. they knew that earlier, but mm. certainly um, Guinan and uh, Rubido did. Um, Alan then asks Albedo, who's that? And this is where Junior says, my dark half, the part I've tried to hide away. This surprised me. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting, and I still don't know what exactly to make of it. I don't either. Right. It, this this yeah. this threw me for a loop that just like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, and, what? <laughs> and and you say half now, if in Japanese it would be pan. I don't know. I don't know if it was, um, or han, I guess. It depends on how he, if he says half or if he says part. Um, but in the English, half, I mean, that's just two, right? You, don't, you can only have two halves. Yeah. So... That would mean that Gaiden is not one of his halves, and that Albedo is one of his halves. Um, and I could see a possibility. I could see his memory um, as being wrong, his memory of what happened on Old Milsha as being a false memory, and he was the one doing all the crazy stuff that mm. Albedo did. Um, however, that does there. There are definitely two separate people, like Albedo Seems and like Junior. It. I yeah, they are definitely two separate people. Um, so uh, I don't know how URTVs work, but when he says his darker half, uh, that makes it sound like, that makes it sound like it's him. Yeah. So right. It's very confusing. I don't really know how to take this. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot more yeah. explained about this later. We do have Aiden, uh, in, in discord here saying, the Junior Albedo thing isn't something that is easily guessed. <laughs> okay. So. Well, fair enough. That's fine. We're just going to have to wait on that one, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Ziggy and Junior have a conversation here about keeping a cool head and being detached when someone that you're close to is in danger. Because uh, Ziggy originally tells him, like, don't go. Like, you're going to be compromised by your emotions. Right. And, and he's he like, how, him, how yeah. can you be so cold and all this? And so he's trying to yeah. explain yeah. how to do that. But in the end, Junior says something like, if we do that, like, if we get rid of our emotions or our attachments, then we're no longer human. Yes. And Which this is, is when what... you say, but just do it temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Ziggy wants anyway. Ziggy doesn't want to be human anymore. Right. So yeah. like, that's he why he's yeah. able to kind of like do that and, and accept that he, he like actually yeah. is motivated to not be human anymore. And Junior's like, no, like, don't want to lose I can't humanity. completely lose my humanity. That's not right yeah. either. Uh, so kind of an interesting conversation between them there. Yeah. They take off in the Elsa. Uh, toward the so uh, the Song of Nephilim. Shion asks Tony to circle around the top of the ship. And that's when she recognizes it as a place that she saw from the window of her mother's hospital. Room. Yeah, they yeah. go over the top. And that this is where, we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but yeah, this was right outside of her hospital window. Yeah. And so she didn't even really know that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's coming together a little bit for me here as far as Shion being around... And when this dying. disaster happened, yeah. not dying, being on the proto Merkaba, I think I'm guessing that one, yes. but guessing that because she saw the song of Nephilim docked with the thing, it seems to me. So yeah, something happened there that she was involved in. And then there's a nice, just open ramp 
sticking out <laughs> of the side of that they the just song go of fly into. And it's just uh, well, very, very nice of Albedo to you know let them come in so easily. Yeah. So they find what they believe to be Momo, um, wh- who seems to have had her consciousness stolen by Albedo. Yeah. Uh, Junior uh, says this has been done by a process that is the opposite of how Junior and Gaina communicate telepathically. I thought that was interesting. Oh. So he said whatever oh, Albedo's doing with his hand where he's like searching yes. through their subconscious, it's some sort of opposite power of what okay. he does when he talks to Gaiman. Okay. Uh, so. I can see when he talks with Gaignan, it's something along the lines of sharing, right? Yeah. It's you share, I'm sharing my consciousness with you. What Albedo is doing, as I mentioned before, talking about the Kirschwasser, he is consuming. He's taking it. Yeah, he's yeah. consuming all unto himself. And so I would say that's the difference is between sharing and then consuming. Yeah. So as they move further inside, uh, there's there's lightning striking all around them. I thought yeah. that was interesting being that's like... Xion's greatest fear is lightning, uh-huh. but there's like lightning everywhere, right? Yeah. Something happened with lightning. Well, we do know that there was a lightning storm on the day that on the that archetype day, went crazy. But it but could be more than that. Could be even it before be that with whatever yeah. the last day she spent with her father. Exactly. That you know. day or in the hospital and right. all that. Yeah. Um, there's also that rainbow color energy that just is kind of like emitting from it that yeah. Junior had dreamed about. Like we see yep. that a lot. Yep. Here. Um, <clears throat> oh, he also says, don't worry, Momo. I'll make you whole again. Yes. That was his quote. Yes. Um, that was a big theme of Xenogears, of course, becoming whole. Becoming whole. Um, but he's mm-hmm. implying that part of being whole is, is m- you know, <laughs> melding your mind, your consciousness back with your body, making sure that they're together, not separate. Yeah, right. Uh, whereas, of course, Albedo is trying to separate them, it seems. He's yeah. trying to separate the consciousness from the body. And uh, becoming whole, Junior is saying, no, it's it's melding the two together and then overcoming the difficulties so that they, you know, you can become whole instead of being these two separate entities. That kind of goes back to the gnosis being made of salt, right? Like they just leave uh-huh. salt behind. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the pillar of salt. Yeah. When they die, their bodies are just salt. Right? Just salt, no soul, no no yeah. spirit. Okay, so so once they get to albedo. Yeah. It's revealed that he's actually holding the real Momo. The girl that they saw outside was the discarded 100 series yes. from earlier who had disguised herself as Momo. Yeah. Uh, she starts choking Junior from behind. Says um, She says something interesting. She says that she wants the me that's inside of him. Yes, yes, yes. What the fetch does that no, mean? <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either, but I took that note and I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yep. I want the me that's inside of you. I... Like the best I can do is that um, they all feel like they all identify with Momo. They all wish that they could be Momo. All these 100 series realians, they all are jealous of Momo. And then Junior, as Alberto had um, given some intimations on earlier, uh, that Junior is very special to Momo, right? And Momo is special to Junior, which means that inside of Junior is a love for a realian. And mm. they all, but they're all kind of clones, the 100 series. And so the, she's saying, I want the me, meaning she's identifying with Momo. I want the version of me, which is Momo, that is inside of your heart that you love. Mm. Because these realians, I don't know. I don't know. Is it, it, this could be like a, what do you call it? Um, 
Oh, the Silmarillion. Ba- ba- um, Bayorn, not Bayorn. Baron and Luthien. Yes. This could be a situation of like humans never fall in love with realians. Never happens. But here's Junior who, okay, maybe-ish human. I don't know what's going on with him. But here's a situation of somebody who's more human who actually does have Momo in his heart. Anyways, that's a little bit of a speculation on my part. But that's what I took that to mean, at least in general. Another thought I had was going back to Junior and Albedo being the same person or the two halves of the same yeah, person thing. Yeah, that one. That's a mind breaker. Uh, and Albedo having taken memories, taken consciousness, taken something from oh. her that she's going after. Wait a second. Rubido. So Albedo took Rubido's I shadow. I don't know. Albedo took Rubido's <laughs> shadow from him and is embodying it. <laughs> oh my that's gosh. That's my thought, maybe. Oh my gosh. That's my guess. That's cool, man. <laughs> but I, if, if it's I not, know. that I'll be disappointed. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's really, I look forward to finding out what what the truth is. But yeah. that's, that's interesting. Like right she's there. taking out her frustration, revenge on Rubido, even though. It's Albedo that did it, but they're the same. I don't. I don't know. You know, I don't really know if that's it. Yeah, I'm there's just, something confusing here. I don't know what to make of it. Oh, but that's really. so cool. That's fascinating. There's also um, Albedo says to Junior, "We're both monsters, you and I." Yes, he does and say that. That's I don't know. We're both the same. Well, another way of right. saying that is, hey, you and I are the same. Now you right. get that a lot, but but the fact that they're both halves of the same person is uh, makes this even more interesting in my part. So Albedo, I took some more dialogue from him here. Free from the bonds of flesh. He said this like several times now. Yes, yes, yes. A yes. pure consciousness has no true form. But. All that exists is the longing, longing for reality. So he, oh my, this is, it's just, it's great. It's really good. Keep reading, <laughs> keep reading. Did you see that, my pesh? You're witness to his true nature right now. This is a little later after he had said like, shut up, Albedo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, a consciousness desperately struggling to stay alive. Such a pitiful sight. This is unseemly, Rubito. Uh, what pain so sweet, so alive. Because there's, there's a lot in here. I'm going to kind of go back to it. I just want to okay, get good, through here. Good, good. What pain so sweet, so alive. Because I think he shot him. He shot his arm off. That was like doing the searching through her mind, right? Yes. Pain is such a vital part of realizing one's existence. Try to remember, Rubito, what it takes, what you must do, or have you lived in peace for so long that you've completely forgotten? So there's a couple things from earlier in the game that I think some of this dialogue is kind of hinting back to. First of all, the being free from the bonds of flesh. I think there's definitely a tie here with the Gnostic belief about the flesh yes. and the material universe being and corrupted. To separate the two. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what Albedo is embodying is that Gnostic desire to separate the consciousness, the spirit from the material reality. Yes. Yeah. So the pure consciousness has no true form. All that exists is our longing for reality. Right. So is reality being conflated with the material? Mm-hmm. Yes. In yes. his, in his mind. Yes. Yes. And here's what's good. Okay. This is what's so good. So the realians, they do what they're told. They, we saw at the very beginning of this game, they will sacrifice themselves and turn into like suicide bombs and no pro- they have no issues with this. They don't even question it. They're excited to go do what they do. They fulfill their purpose. They die. That's the end of it. Momo seems to be the only one that we know of that's like wanting to be human, pretending that they are human. And 
then of course you've got her father saying that if you do good deeds, then you can become human. Um, it's the difference here. And this is what Albedo loves about the realians. He's like, their consciousness is separate from reality. They don't have what he said. They don't have that longing for reality, right? Which is what makes them better, right? Because they're not tied to this thing. Whereas I think Momo would be the only realian that is seeking to be connected with reality mm. and is not so willing a participant in all of whatever the humans are wanting to have happen. So there is something different about her. And that difference is she has that longing for reality that the realians don't seem to have. Yeah. At least not necessarily. Well, even you go back to the very beginning of the game, right? Mm. There's that realian who says he's happy to, he's happy to go yeah. just be sacrificed. He's fine with it. He doesn't care. He, he, he saved yeah. Shion, right? Like Shion was uh, being attacked by the Gnosis and yes. he like jumps in front, like totally sacrifices right. himself. He's completely okay with this. And yeah. he does not have that connection with reality. It's almost as if he's already attained some type of Gnostic, um, I don't know, some type of Nirvana. Like he just innately has it and he's at peace with himself and with everything and is okay. There's nothing attaching him to this world. Yeah. So completely unafraid of death. Yeah. And so Albedo mentions this with such a pitiful sight. This is unseemly Rubito. The fact that he's a consciousness desperately struggling to stay alive. Hmm. Uh, that, that, that being free from bonds of flesh, a pure consciousness that has no true form. That's, yeah. you know, what you should be right. longing for or seeking yeah, for. So Albedo's, not, yeah, he's... It, espousing the Gnostic viewpoint in that. Yeah. So he, he shouldn't be desperately struggling, strug struggling to hold on to his life, but that's yeah. pitiful to him. Right. So yeah. then, then he says There's something, something Buddhist about that too. I think he then says something that reminds me of what Cosmos said earlier when she was going up to blast all those Gnosis away in the little elevator that was taking her to the outside of the ship. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. He says what pain so sweet, so alive pain is such a vital part of realizing one's existence. And, and she said something yeah. along the lines of, okay. uh, Aiden just, uh, posted the, the quote for us. This is, this is what she said. She said, will this pain make me complete, complete, or, or, or you could whole. say whole, right? Yeah. Will so this pain make me whole. What he's saying here again, I'll read it. What pain so sweet, so alive pain is such a vital part of realizing one's existence. So there's a connection there between yes. cosmos hoping that the pain she's feeling would make her complete. And what he's saying that pain is what makes you feel alive. It's what, it's a vital part of realizing your own existence. Yes. Um, yes. So then he said, tells Robito, try to remember what it takes you, you, uh, what you must do, or have you lived in peace so long you've completely forgotten? So has your love of the halflings <laughs> slowed your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I think the love of, of the realians leaf. There you go. <laughs> well, it's not actually, it's probably humans, but he spent too much time. Yeah. His mind is the, yeah. yeah the jacked up. Um, so he says, shut up. I don't need some freak contaminated by Udu to tell me. And now we get Albedo corrects him on that. Okay. Say it. He says contaminated, mm -hmm. not quite more like evolved. And this is, goes back to the, I'm the infinite telomerase. Yes. I am the infinite the life form, the perfect chain. Life form, perfect chain, yeah. Right, the perfect uh, yeah. nucleotide chain. Like evolution has been trying for three or four billion years to create the perfect life form. And he's saying it, it, that's him. Yes. He did it. So Udu, he believes Udu evolved him. Yes. Um, 
I experienced but a fragment of my true power that day. The waves that inundated, inundated my body are now a part of me. I've reached a higher stage of existence compared to you incomplete mortals. I am the alpha and the omega of perfect consciousness. Yeah, that's quite the statement. He's um, a little bit arrogant, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> so this also gives us a little bit of um, insight into Junior's dream, at least in the Encephalon Dive, where he looks at all of the, all of the, what are they called? The URTVs, I guess. Yeah. And he says that they're all infected, something right. like that, right? Right. Um, infected with what was the question. Um, I believe Udu would be the answer. Whatever yes. it is. That's why they're it URTVs. Remember we were talking uh, about UTIC, UDU, UMN. URTV, I think Aiden had brought up the name of that um, mascot, that bunny mascot thing was Yu Chun. or Ukun. 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 Yeah, Yeah, Ukun or whatever. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty, I I think you can, we can say pretty uh, confidently at this point that anytime there's there's a a U in the acronym, it's, it means Udu. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's that influence. It's it's, imp- it's related to Udu some. I look U- forward to U- everything. Yeah. I look forward to episode three where we <laughs> find out, find out. <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> oh, but then also, um, yeah. So the reason that Albedo can do all of this stuff is because he was contaminated by Udu. Um, and when Albedo heals, you see that rainbow energy. Yeah, that, that purple energy stuff. Yeah, what's yeah. this weird, I don't know. You you see the, the rainbow energy and then it does become like a purple glow happens. Um, but that purple-ish energy that we saw in Junior's Dream, uh, that we saw in Go into Milsha, Tarenkov. Yes. It's sort of like, yes, 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 like yes, flew yes. into him. And also the... Um, there was another time. There was another it. time. Well, yeah. just recently when this thing showed up, it just had, it has that aura about it as we were going throughout um, the freaking upset on triangle. Pretty sure that's a, that's an indicator of Udu or something. I think so. That's where I'm kind of making the connection here is that Udu's power is symbolized by this kind of like rainbowish glowing power. Yeah. Okay. Then we get Ziggy and Shion talking about how it's impossible for nanomachines to work. Oh, cause, cause I think junior blows his head off or something. And they're like, Oh, nanomachines could rebuild your hand. Yeah. He's like, not that fast. Not that fast. She says, right? Like, first of all, they don't regrow limbs that fast. Second of all, we don't have anything that can grow heads back at all. Yeah, heads. So that's heads like, growing back yeah. is crazy. Well, once you lose your central nervous system, what is what is there to tell your body to, to grow. grow a new head in the first place? <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. Sure. So, at all the uh, at this point, chaos finally speaks up <laughs> and yeah. says that he that he being um, albedo is a URTV just like Junior. Right. And he says that your TVs were created specifically for the purpose of eradicating Udu. So that I thought was really interesting. Right. Um, and also nobody else seemed to have com- figured out yet that Junior was a URTV. So that was a shock to them. And right. he knows this because Chaos knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> chaos knows what's going on, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, Chaos is... Chaos There's is some, a god or something. Later on in this uh, in this scene, we will we'll see yeah. something that calls him into question. So, okay, I think we get Albedo kind of just going one more layer, one more layer. Yeah, throughout this whole conversation, he keeps reaching back into yeah, Momo's into her like, consciousness. Like it's like her heart. He's like feeling. He's going under the ribs and like going towards her heart. Yeah, and that's where he's like feeling around for all this stuff. 
very unsettling. Yeah. Um, and she is just like losing it. Like she's like about to die. Right. Oh, but it's also worth mentioning. I don't know if we um, brought this up, but the keychain, the bullet keychain is how, um, is how Junior knew that she was there. And it's how oh, Junior knew where to go in the first like place. Connected to her yes. somehow. So yeah. she was able to use that bullet or channel energy through the bullet somehow to make sure that Junior all of a sudden had this like intuition that, oh my gosh, Momo's there. That's where she is. And remember how I brought up that it was a tracking device? Yes. <laughs> yes. You were right. Now, I was right in the wrong way. I, <laughs> I, I thought that Junior was going to maybe be all secretive and it wasn't supposed to be a tracking device. Yeah, but it, it turned out It became a tracking device and and you know, thank God, but yeah. like it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted to kind of, you know, revel yeah. in that for a moment. Um, so one more layer, one more layer. And then Albedo, uh, has yes. everything he needs from inside of Momo. Except now. yeah, there's this one last thing and he sees there's like a, there's like a blocker that keeps him from getting to that final, final memory that he needs. Yeah. But he's got everything else. There's just this one thing. And as he's trying to get through the firewall, I don't know, I don't know the what word. What you call it? Firewall, yeah. <laughs> the triple A encryption. The AAA. <laughs> as he's trying to like break through the defenses because he keeps making these lines like, oh, well, Mizrahi really didn't want anyone to get in here. Ooh. And then finally, he, as he as he either breaks through it or as what r- keeps him from breaking through it. I, I can't tell whether he actually got it or not. Um, he sees a flash of Cosmos and Shion at yeah. once. So, and then he looks out and he sees both of them and he's like, oh, uh, I get, get it, it now. now. Yeah. He goes, it all makes sense now. And we don't freaking know what he's talking about. <laughs> nope. So hooray, I can't wait till episode three to find out. Yeah, so I was trying to look <laughs> Into because because Robito does this big unleashing of power and like oh, knocks yeah. Albedo back. He does back have some and Momo falls to the ground. Serious power. And they run to her and then that's when Albedo gets up because he had just right. been like extracting he the was last so piece. So close, yeah. And then he he's like, oh wait a minute, because he saw Cosmos in that's that. Because right. there's these little like oval sort of green shapes. Yeah. That um, kind of like transmutation circle looking oh, things, yes. right? Um, and and, and, they'll, and as they fly past the camera, they have little images, cloudy images inside of them. Yes. And I was kind of pausing and trying to look at them. Oh, I didn't like, do that. Like you see Shion in one of them. Okay. You see Chaos in one of them. Mm. You see a, a couple of the things that are hard for me to make out. It, one of them looks like a, a structure of some kind. Maybe mm. it's the Proto Macaba. I, I have no idea what it was. But there right. was some kind of building looking thing. I couldn't really make it out. But the last one that comes towards the camera is Cosmos's face. And that's when he's like, oh, wait. Because then he he reviews this when he goes outside in his in his Yes. Gear. When he's in his little spaceship. And he's then that's when he sees the Xion firewall pop up. And so we'll yes. get to that in a minute. But <laughs> Yes, um, the firewall. Then he said, "Yeah." Then he says he gets it, and he starts laughing, ah, ha, ha, and like maniacally. Finally, understands like we what's going on with this. We just have no clue what um, he's talking about. Hold on, let me see here. Uh, yeah, we don't know what he's talking about, and Rubido initiates a battle, and so you fight uh, Albedo here. And the 100 series Realian is like back inside of his gear in the front seat again. Yeah, or there's another one. I don't it's know if there's another one. It's the same. I don't know. But anyways, you fight him, and and once the batter is, battle's over, he says, "Ah, Rubito, you're getting closer to your old self, but you're right. still not quite there yet. You well, were he's... much stronger than this back then, weren't Ooh. you?" Uh, back in Milsha. So th- he's he's like baiting Junior to like ramp up his power. Yes, and of course it's um you know what maybe Momo and Chaos and Shion 
are all back there saying, you know, Junior, stop. Stop doing this. Don't do this. Don't don't try to match his power. It's not going to end well. Yeah. So you got like, you got Guinan and the girls back on the mm-hmm. Durandal saying, no, don't do it. Right. And then you got Chaos being like, no, don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. don't like fall for it. Like, don't do what yeah. he's say, he saying. It's not obvious that Junior can even hear them. No. Yeah. He's just doing, he's, he's, his anger is in control. Yeah. Which is the, uh, let your hate guide you. <laughs> Unleash the true power of the force. Yeah. So then we have a moment where Momo's kind of bent over the other white-haired 100 series, Reallian, and this is where she, oh, yeah. that, that Reallian reveals that all the others wished they could have been Momo. Yep. Right, so there's a, some jealousy or some uh, maybe envy is a better word for it going on there. And, and Momo says, that's impossible. We're all supposed to be the same. So she's mm. surprised that she's somehow special or different from the other curse wassers. Uh, um, right. so after hearing that Momo goes and interferes with Rubito and Albedo's like little power struggle thing, yeah. like reduces the growing spheres of power around them. And they turn to her like, Whoa, you're doing this right. And mm-hmm. so she says to Albedo, you've taken so much from me, but I was yeah. given a part of you too. Remember what the other realian yeah. said to junior. I want that part of me that's inside of you. Mm. So Momo saying, you've taken so much from me, but I was given a part of you too. A part of you that is now within me. So there is some connection between Albedo, Rubido, and these realians, these 100 series realian prototypes. Yes. So now, and, and then, then Albedo just mocking her. So now, <laughs> like, what, that's why you're doing that? Like making fun of her. And she says, why do you hurt everyone? My sisters, they all loved something they saw in you. Even after Mm. all that you put them through, they still believed in you. Like, what's going on with that? Like, there's there's something going on there. How? How can you desecrate their feelings, their hearts? And he says, ah, desecrate your sisters. Look around you. Who's the flower, Sakura, that Mm. blooms from those corpses? Yeah, Momo is the flower that bloomed from the corpses. Yeah. It was her. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So it's, it's the opposite of the wheat analogy, right? right? It's all these things died so that just one thing could live. Yeah. And that's of course meant to make Momo feel very bad. And I, yeah. I believe it worked. Yeah. <laughs> She's starting to second guess her father a little bit Yep. in this scene. So she says, or he says, Albedo says, that's right. It's you, Pesh. Everything is just as Mizrahi, your dear daddy wanted it to be. And so, yeah, like, yeah, Mizrahi intended for her to be the one. Right? Yep. And so she, so she has this egalitarian mindset that everyone's special and all this stuff. And so even though it's her that is the real special realian, um, she doesn't like that. She mm. feels like um, there's something about Mizrahi that is wrong, that he made one of them special and all the others weren't special uh, or weren't as special. She feels like there's something wrong with that. And that's part of her humanity, right? Yeah. That's her to whatever degree she is human. I don't know. It's not zero because she's more human or she acts more like humans than all the other realians. Um, that that's what she's kind of adopted is this egalitarian mindset. And it is Christian in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, there could be something there, but it's making her not like her dad as much. Cause look yeah. at all of these things that had to die so that just me could, could maybe be, become human. Maybe if I like could, try hard could bloom. 
as yeah. the flower. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's another way to make other humans. <laughs> it doesn't involve killing a ton of robot things so you can have one. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot more, obviously, revealed in later episodes about Mizrahi and what the point yeah, of I'm, creating the Realians was. I'm excited and for that. Stuff like that. But anyway, Shion cuts in, says that Albedo is going to pay for using these Realians like toys for his enjoyment. And then we get another masked figure, probably the same one from early, not the same one well, that I was talking know. to um, Wilhelm. That was that guy red. had a red hood. This guy it's is the same cross insignia on, on his cloak. It's the same cross that the red cloak person had. So there's a connection. They're both serving the same organization. Right. But yeah, Wilhelm talked to a red cloak dude. This is a blue cloak dude, kind of wearing a crazy cool looking mask. Yeah, it's, it's one of those... Um, from the 1300s. Yeah, like doctor's masks. Yeah. That they'd put like herbs and yeah, different things in the, in the nose in order to like prevent them from catching... The Black Plague. The Black Plague. Yes. Which probably, well, for sure didn't work at all, but... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but there I may thought have been something about it. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, um, but yeah, he shows up and it's like, who is this guy? Now I can think of some Xenogears parallels, but <laughs> um, I have no idea. We have no idea who this person is, but yeah, you're right. You were, you were bringing this up. There is another blue hooded person we do see earlier in the game, right? The person who gives Cherenkov the controller. Was that a blue hood? That was a blue hooded person. However, that person does not have a mask on. You're right. They did not have a mask on. Yes. It could be that person still though. Just now with a mask on. Yeah. Well, the, we, we get the reveal of this person's name at the end of the scene. Did you play um, all the way up through the end of it? I did. Um, so give me a sec. Give me a sec. I didn't Virgil. write it down. Wait, really? It's Virgil. Did I miss that? How in the world could I miss that? Yeah, the, the guy like speaks to him telepathically and he calls him Virgil. But maybe I thought that that was referencing something else. Well, I didn't uh, really. Pretty that. sure it's Virgil from the beginning of the game, right? And like he says that? The guy that? who got shot by. The guy who got Cos jacked, and Cosmos. now he's like the most powerful thing in the world? Yes. Uh, we got Aiden confirming. Yes. Okay. It's Virgil. So I don't recall that for whatever weird yeah. reason. I think I was too busy worrying about <laughs> who is this guy that I just missed. They say who he is, like yeah. right then and there. Yeah. Darn it. So it's Virgil. Right? Okay, so Virgil is God now, and he was just this like Joker douche before. So like, what what happened? I I knew it, but I called it. I mean, you guys, you did too. Back well, you, in the beginning, it it's like this, this dude though. is not you, dead. You brought it up first. He's definitely not dead yet. Like yeah. he's coming back later, and so this is. It did feel this is what like he comes back as. But okay, so he was struck down and became more powerful than, than you we could, could possibly, possibly imagine. imagine. <laughs> Like, congrats, but what? Like, yeah. okay, should she on, maybe she should die next and then she can come back as a powerful is, thing and then the game would be a lot easier. Yeah, right. We already got Cosmos and she's only using a fraction of her power, so. Okay, so this is Virgil. He comes down um, and says, like, stop screwing around, basically. Um, he calls her self-righteous, too. He calls Shion self-righteous for saying all this stuff about realians. Because remember, he he's the one who had the DMT addiction. Yes. From yes. and we haven't even learned about why, how, and why that happened yet no, to him. That's episode three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything is episode three. Um, so Albedo says to him, "Give him this message. It belongs to me." Every freaking line is like so vague. Who is him? Yeah. What is it yes, that belongs yes. to? You? Right. All these things are being held for later. Yeah. Uh, so then outside, right? This is when he's outside in his gear. Albedo. He accesses the wide data. And he gets that last part where Cosmos comes up. And Cosmos says to him, 
I do not exist for your pleasure. And Albedo says in response to that, you call this protection and he seems to be trying to get past the firewall, like you were yep, saying, right? Yep. And this is where a naked Chion yes, appears. Yes, yes, of course. And this surprises him. Seeing yes. her is like, hmm. And this is where he connects the two of them in a different way. That yeah. it's, it's as if Cosmos and Chion are the Y data's protection. Like that that's their existence is to protect the Y data somewhere. Yeah. And so this is where he says he really didn't want anyone going in there. Oh, well, that just makes it all the more interesting. So, so he, he never can't got, access the white data. He never got to, yep. Yeah. But he got all sorts of other stuff. I'm sure other stuff Mizrahi also didn't want him to know. Yeah. Um, but he did not get the final yep. UMN the key, key to unlock. To, to the UMN gate. It was protected. And yep. the protection has something to do with Cosmos and Shion. Don't know what. <laughs> they, they are the key. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe they are the key. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the key is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> the real white data. <laughs> the real white data is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> if this, I don't know. We've seen that happen in games before. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, okay. But here's the thing. So this is what kills me. So we got to fight blue hooded man. He's just crazy, ridiculously powerful. Uh, at some point he calls it off and he's like, yeah, you guys are schlubs. Like, I don't, you're not doing nothing. Like you can't touch me. I'm way beyond all of you. I'm just going to leave now. I've got other stuff to do. And then the camera goes to chaos and he goes, okay. Yeah. I wanted to comment on this. He goes, isn't that right boss? Yes. And then he leaves. Now, yes. was that incidental camera showing chaos? No, or it's was not. was that he was talking to chaos? Did he just call chaos his boss? He did, yes. I thought so. What's up with that? Okay, so I remembered that <laughs> you, Virgil, that's you sort so of referenced this, I think last time we were here, I hadn't played up this part yet, Yeah. that, that I was talking about. Yes. I think chaos is some form of the wave existence or right. the, the, the and then I monad or something, this. and you were referencing yeah. this. So here's, the, here's what I got as a reading from that scene, right? Um, I read in that line, let me actually, uh, well, let's just actually go through all the dialogue okay, that, the, that, the, that Virgil says here. So we're back inside. Shion asks who this masked figure is. He says, a definition by words is merely a means to deceive oneself. Right. That's why I didn't think he told us his name. Yeah. It comes after this. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, it's meaningless before the truth. What matters is how you perceive things. The slightest shift, then life and death no longer have any meaning. There's something, th these guys working in UTIC, <laughs> there's something going on here um, with this sort of like seeing past death, past the flesh and blood. And I think he's, he's also referencing this illusion, Right, like a slightest shift in the way you perceive things right. takes me back to, again, that image of those two Realian girls running around the tree thinking everything's beautiful yes. and great. Yes. So they're still caught, our party, they're still caught in the illusion. These people are, they've come out of it now, whether it's Albedo, whether it's Virgil now, right. who, it's kind of like he died earlier right sure yeah so it's kind of like he this passed new... through death oh shoot hold on and hold on. came out of death into yes. reality right okay. into seeing or perceiving the reality is, of what's going is, on he is an angel and he is or he is um 
found his new life in the other world. There's also the possibility. Ah, I just now thought of this. Jeez. Yeah. Is the life recycling project. Yes. Would he, would Virgil have been part of that? Was, is he a life recycled person? Variant. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something to that too. There's, there's something about death, seeing past death, getting past the idea of death and like seeing reality beyond that, having your perception, perception shifted. This is all really important toward whatever, like the big reveal for this series is going to be. Yeah. And they, they keep trying, right? I think that whole sequence in the encephalon dive was an attempt to get Cheon and company to like see that, uh, uh, deception, that, that, um, illusion that they're living in. And they just weren't quite ready to like go there yet. Right. And she's, that's right. They had to kind of quit early because yeah. she wasn't ready. And right. so they, they were like trying to show them the truth and they just like, couldn't quite like get it. Couldn't quite receive the information, but it seems like these UTIC people have, like they've, they've passed mm. through that and they've come to whatever conclusion about what reality is and what needs to be done. And that, so they've become the Ubermensch. Yeah, they've they, become the powerful yes. humans that, that have that, uh, reality is at their fingertips and then they're in control. Yeah. Um, geez. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now I have some stuff to say about this though, that this sentence here, it's killing me. It's really good. The a definition by words is merely a means to deceive oneself. That is true. Um, if you can ever think of a way to define yourself, it's never who you actually are. Like sure. no matter what word you use, like yeah. oh I'm a I'm a this I I'm a I'm a this or that or like I don't know what it is. It, it's 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 never the full picture. You can never capture your true self using words. The only way to do it would be some there's there would be some other way to understand or to actually grasp what you are, but words aren't it, right? You yeah. can't define yourself. Now this is great because you talk about definitions. Remember Albedo, mirror, mirror on the wall. Define me. Define me. Yeah. Right? But then he becomes undefinable, I guess, something like that. Yeah. And and it's almost as if like the the realization of that is what makes him kind of transcend. So anyways, um, yeah, anytime that you're putting a category onto yourself, you're just deceiving yourself into thinking you fit into that category. You don't fit into any category. Nobody does. Nobody does cleanly, at least, not perfectly. Yeah. Um, so then the next part, it's meaningless before the truth. But you can't, you, you can't know the truth. You can just think that you know the truth. You can't ever actually really know the truth, right? Um, and then what matters is how you perceive things, the slightest shift, then life and death no longer have any meaning. Um, that, I mean, just talking about a different perspective on things, look at the perspectives the realians have on life and death. And that changes everything. It changes their whole world. It changes how they live. It changes what they do in life. And it, all that it was, was like, oh, they're not afraid of dying, right? Just that one thing is like completely redefines what a reality is. And then you could then by by default say, oh, humans, oh, they're the animals that are the most afraid of dying. Like that's what a human is, yeah. right? And it's in some ways you'd say, oh, we, we've got to escape that. We've got to stop being afraid of dying, right? So some people say, no, we've got to live forever. And I don't know Albedo's issue because it's almost like he's transcended. He has done it. He's gone and he's transcended something. 
but he just can't die. Like, so it's not, it's not like, oh, he's no longer afraid of dying. It's like, no, he's just immortal. Yeah. So that fear no longer controls him. Now, obviously he won't be completely immortal, but, um, and what's going on there? I have no idea. But this sentence here, oh, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. The, the, all the dialogue and the writing here is really, really excellent. Um, so I think you battle him then after that. Yeah, right? we fight him, um, but then, yeah, the, the next line. Uh, so after the battle's over, Virgil, this hooded figure, says, it's useless. The laws by which we are governed are just too different. Isn't that right, boss? Isn't now, that right, boss? The way, and then, of course, we get this very purposeful uh, sh- cut to Chaos' face. And it's a long I, shot. I read this differently. I didn't see him as calling him his boss in the sense that, like, we're on the same team, boss, as much as a recognition, like, like, I know who you are. You're with these people, but you're not really revealing yourself you to them and I kind of thing. play by different rules. Yes. Huh. We're, like we're, we rules. know what's going on. You're kind of at the top of the hierarchy of this beyond right. death recognition group that we are. But obviously, I don't, I, it came across like, not that he was uh, deferential to him I as a, see. as a, as That's a subordinate, a difference. but that, <laughs> That's good. but that he is among that order and that he's yeah. like uh, in the hierarchy, like high up. Uh, it does that make sense at all. It does. That's the way that I felt he was saying boss boss in not a deferential way, but in no. a almost like a prodding way, like. Like you're over there on that side. You're not even telling them, you know, you're not even like letting them know like what the truth is. Right. We can have an answer to this definitively. If I have internet, here it is. Found it, found it. General. He says general. (laughs) The word in Japanese is general. Interesting. Really interesting actually. But it could be a, it could be the same kind of thing. You know, sometimes you'll hear somebody say chief, like, oh, like he's, he's, he's runs the show. Like, yeah. Okay, sure thing, Chief. Right, like, boss, sure. general. It's probably it's probably That's a similar kind of the thing. way it came across to me, but yeah, I didn't think he was actually being deferential. Like, oh, my superior. That makes sense. You're actually the one in charge of us, type, <laughs> type of boss, right? That makes sense. Although even in the Japanese, he still says the same thing. So it's in my opinion, it's left up to interpretation. Although people who have played the game are telling me right now. So we've got a side-by-side comparison not, here. Oh, okay. So so um, he says, it's useless. The laws by which we are governed are just too different. Isn't that right, boss? Camera photos on chaos. Um, so before he leaves, Shion asks what he's after, and he says, you want to know? Then come to that time, to that place. Yeah. You know what I mean. I'll be waiting for you, Shion. I'm, I'm guessing he's referring to Milsha 14 years ago. Oh, right. Um, so there's going to be some form of going to a certain time. This is also where Nephilim told Shion to go. Yes, that's right. If you want to unlock right. the truth, go to this place. Yep. So same thing. In in a screwy, really jacked up way, it almost seems like Albedo is maybe not on the same side as Nephilim and as um, others that we've met, but at least... They're trying to accomplish a similar thing. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, Albedo knows things and knows how to get things, and it's the same kind of stuff that we want to know, and it, the, the way you do it is the same way. So, I don't know. It's interesting. 
Yeah, there's definitely some kind of Damarung coming, right? With yeah. between Cosmos and Udu. Mm. Like we know this. And it's supposed to happen at Old Milsha, which I'm guessing yeah. is the place, and possibly they also mean the time. Uh, so Well, we were shown the Cosmos possibly in the future, you know, fighting Udu with her big laser beam. Yep. And Udu with its laser beam, yeah. whatever Udu is. And uh, that that was a, a point in the future that could be avoided. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it, yeah. So <clears throat> then he takes off. Um, and then Cosmos mentions that the Song of Nephilim has ceased all its functions. And this is where Momo says the Kirschwassers are my younger sisters, even yes. though I was the last one to be awakened. Mommy told me about it. I've always wanted to meet them. Um, so then they, they try to destroy the song of Nephilim, uh, but the Gnosis start kind of gathering yeah. around it. So like, it's like the second they shoot it, it <clears throat> has the shield that kind of yeah, like blocks it. Junior goes to his console and he's going to launch his giant yeah. curvy laser things at it again. <laughs> yeah. in, fact, in fact, they do, yeah. but it's like it gets blocked and all these, yeah. um, all these Gnosis are sort of gathering around it again. And, it, and, and, uh, Albedo is back. <laughs> yeah. Um, the structure begins sort of transforming into something and, and, and Helmer calls it impossible. And Yuli Mizrahi says, oh, it can't be. Uh, that was supposed yep. to be destroyed. And it's it's the Proto-Merkaba. Yep, uh, Proto-Merkaba. And, and then that's when the, the song of Nephilim sort of like, like fits right into the slot, like yeah. sort of docks with it, right? And sort of combines with it again. Uh, and then Momo mentions that this is the place where she was born. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. How would she recognize that from outside? Good question. Because I would assume it was like underground, right? And so seeing the outside view, I don't know. Kind of crazy. This is where the hooded figure returns to say, that bastard summoning needless toys to uh, Albedo. You've yes. forgotten your duties, haven't you? And then there's someone speaking to him telepathically who calls him Virgil and tells him to never mind it and so come back. So I actually, I did stop playing. Right before that? Somewhere before that, yeah. I think I had a save state right there. Um, That's so why. there you go. Virgil, okay. Virgil. I guess maybe we should stop talking. I, I would not have missed point, that. Then. No, no, I do. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, don't know, I don't know how I missed that. Things. Okay. I guess I actually have a whole other page. <laughs> my last, oh my gosh, yeah. We might have to, we're, we're uh, the hour is growing late. Yeah, the hour is growing late. We do have to do another um, <clears throat> Yeah, we got to record another podcast for Patreon. But I did want to talk a little bit about the uh, Merkaba. What is a Merkaba? I heard somebody asking that, so I have the answer. A Merkaba is a 3D geometric shape. It's like the Star of David, but in 3D. So it's triangular pyramids inside of each other instead of just the flat squares or flat triangles um, inside of each other. Uh, so two triangular pyramids intersecting, one pointing up, the other pointing down. The Zohar says that awareness... And selfless action can bring you closer to the throne of God. In Hebrew, Merkaba means chariot or a wagon or just a thing to ride in. It's just like a, a transportation device. Yeah. It references the four-wheeled vehicle made by four angelic beings, each of which has four wings and four faces. A man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. They're carrying the throne of God. Yes, right? this yeah. is. Yep. The chariot is being driven by the likeness of a man who is sitting upon the throne. And the idea is that this is, well, the Zohar would say something like Adam Kadmon, I think. But it, this is this is God or 
this is God. This is the throne of God, and upon it sits God in the in the likeness of a of a human. Yeah. So there's there's similar uh, word they said Merkava with a V and in Xenogears, yeah. which was kind of that yeah. final dungeon, right? Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, that's the end of my notes. Okay. So. I'm gonna rush through the rest of these. Okay. Uh, okay. So. He, uh, Virgil, ends up seeing that what Albedo saw in, or he sees the same thing that Albedo, Albedo saw in the white data, which is yeah, yeah. Xion and Cosmos. He sees that and then he goes, so that's what this is all about. You're uh, quite the cunning little bastard. All right then, but next time I'm doing things my way. So even Virgil, everyone who has passed through into the Utic or into the death or whatever and come out of it knows the reality now. They get it. And we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> as yeah. the player, so we don't quite understand what they're referring to. But You know, Virgil had always said that, though, <clears throat> even even early on in the game. He said, you you don't know what I know. Yeah, right? that's right. Like, he did say that. He did. I remember that now. It's very interesting. Yeah. It is. The voice that had been talking to him yes. says that's what's intended. So whatever's mm-hmm. going to happen next is going to be Virgil's the one in charge. Um, Interesting. So then uh, we get some a quote from Momo. Daddy gathered together the data he needed to create me on Milsha, and then he sent it to Proto Merkaba. And then someone says, are you saying that that thing was built for the purpose of creating you? I think maybe Junior says that. Um, then we get Yuli Mizrahi, who cuts in, but it's actually cut away to Fifth Jerusalem, and she's saying it to the oh, council. right, yeah, yeah. And she says, that wasn't its original purpose. It was created to discover the true form of the universe. Again, seeing past the illusion, right? The, the, the true, true form, form of, of the, the universe. universe. Okay. The form we ourselves were meant to have, See, but then he took it, and, and then another guy says, exactly. Just think for a moment about all the phenomena brought about by that lunatic. If that thing, the song, and the Zohar all link together... And then another guy says, that's exactly why we dropped it into the abyss after we recovered the 100 series. How is it that it has returned again? Well, where's the abyss? You can't get rid of it. You put it somewhere (laughs) and someone found it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, I don't know, but the original is still on Milsha with only the proto Merkaba. He can't. Yeah. And that kind of cuts away from that. He can't what? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I don't know if if um, Momo's data was gathered on Milsha and then sent to Merkaba. It makes me think Merkaba was not underground the way, yes. that, the, way that the Song of Nephilim was. So, I don't know that um, her hospital was part of, it may have been part of the unless, Song of Nephilim, but not Merkaba. proto-Merkaba was above ground as a facility. Yeah, it was somewhere else. So in that sense, I get it. Momo does recognize it from afar. I was thinking that it was underground along with oh, I see. the thing that plugs into it, right? Yeah. Um, and then um, you mentioned the universe is like, that the, the form of a human was supposed to be the perfect form of the universe, something like that. What was the line there? Uh, the line was the form that we that were they were trying to, to see the true form of the universe. That wasn't its original purpose. Uh, the the so, proto macaba being yeah, a place to Merkaba. create um, one hundred series realities. That wasn't its original purpose. It was created to discover the true form of the universe. There you go. So the, the form Merkaba, that we ourselves exactly. were meant to have. That's what I'm. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay. Um, I well, when people talk about the form of this or that, I kind of go back to Genesis that men are made in the image of God, like the form. Um, I would see something like that, right? Um, 
but this could be something else, the form that we were supposed to have. Yeah. So they're saying that they're supposed to have something that they don't have and that the Merkaba was their way of getting it. Like but in order to do it, it yeah, the they needed form. to know like the form of the universe. I wonder if form means more things than just shape in this regard. It makes me think of uh, the, the form of reality, let's call it, instead of the universe, the sure. way we were meant to experience it. Yeah. But uh, this was, su- this was supposed to reveal what that is. What that is. Yeah. The purpose of life. I so, thought so. This is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> they finally built 43. this supercomputer. Yeah, they <clears throat> say what's the what's the answer to the question, and yep. and then um, they never got it. Yeah, right? apparently. So then the Proto Merkaba wipes out the Federation fleet completely, and it starts yeah, to and suck like in the shot. wreckage. And that, um, yeah, which reminds Shion of how she or reminds Shion of how Cosmos did that with the Gnosis before. She how takes she note of like, wait, in. that's similar to what Cosmos Hold did. on, but that would be backwards though because Cosmos sucked in the Gnosis. Gnosis yes. being the immaterial forms. Made material because she had You're used right. the- You're right. They yeah. were technically made material, but the Gnosis, okay. So there'd be something there. Whereas the Merkaba is sucking in just the material From and the not the fleet, spirit. Yeah. It's dead material. Yeah. But um, you could say Cosmos is sucking in live spirit and then the Merkaba is sucking in dead material. Yeah. But there's an opposite, but also- uh, similarity between the sure, two. yeah. Like a compliment almost. And then originally this thing, the Song of Nephilim and the Zohar were single a single apparatus. The Gnosis which seek the Zohar are responding to the faint waves that emanate from the sealed off Milsha. This thing uses the Gnosis as a medium to collect the waves from the Zohar and store the energy it needs in order oh, to operate. Dude, you gotta read that again, man. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what I think he's saying is... yeah. Wherever the Gnosis come from, whatever d- dimension or whatever, I think Milsha is there. And okay. that they are using the Gnosis as a medium to collect waves from coming from the Zohar, which is on Milsha. So it's okay. almost like the, the, hmm. the, the Gnosis are a medium between that place where the Zohar is and where they are. Hmm. So originally this thing, the Song of Nephilim and the Zohar, were a single apparatus. The Gnosis which seek the Zohar are responding to the faint waves that emanate from the sealed off Milsha. This thing, the Proto Merkaba, uses the Gnosis as a medium to collect the waves from the Zohar and store the energy it needs in order to operate. So that's how the Proto Merkaba mm. gets its energy. It's getting it from the Zohar, but it's using the Gnosis, which it calls with the Song of Nephilim, to use them as a medium to get the Zohar's power out of its dimension and into this one, into the Merkaba, I think is what he's saying there. Huh. And he, and by he, I mean, Albedo is saying this. Albedo learned this from Momo as he was going through her consciousness. Yes. Perhaps I should uh, just turn you all into pillars of salt. Yes. <laughs> That's not a I bad idea. This. And this was one that really got me. Red will become white. Okay. He's saying this to yes. Rubedo. No. I figured you'd have something to say about this. For those for those who know <laughs> alchemy, right? Red is the end of the process. When he talks about red becoming white, he's talking about reversing the process of alchemy. He's saying that the the you know the 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 fully individuated person needs to go backwards, needs to become white, um, 
anyways, it would be the uh, the reversal of the alchemy process. I don't think I actually have anything more than that right yeah, now. I don't have notes here this time. Don't know what to make of it. Yeah, um, but what do you think of that? Red becomes I, white. I don't, I don't I have enough that. context yet. It's just he's laughing because it's backwards. That's all. I don't have enough context yet. Okay. But he thinks he's the ultimate life form at level white. Yes. Not so, Rubito at level red. Right. And so he's, yeah, he's making a mockery of the Rubito system by saying that it's wrong. Anyways, it doesn't connect perfectly to alchemy, but there's something there for sure. Yeah. Okay, so then he aims the proto Merkaba's weapon at second Milsha. He's going to fire right. on second Milsha. Yep, yep, yep. Junior tells him to stop and wait for him so that they can settle this between them. And Albedo says it's not like him to all of a sudden care about people. He doesn't care about others. Junior? Yeah, he's saying Junior doesn't care about others. This is not like you. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I don't care about others. Right? Very anime type of thing to do. Or yes. to say. Now, uh, Julie calls in to explain, because it's going to take time for the proto Merkaba to charge up. Oh, yeah. To destroy to second again. Milsha. So she calls him up and she explains how they got to get to the core of the proto Merkaba to destroy it. Hmm. And she tells them all about that. She's like, you know, giving them the layout of the place and tells them that they're their only hope now. And Momo is watching that, you know, kind of like, ooh, all, you know, quiet. She says mommy after it's all over because she doesn't oh, acknowledge her oh, at all. Right. I just forget that that's her mom. <clears throat> yeah. Yuli oh, doesn't like recognize or, or acknowledge Momo at yeah. all. Just explains that the party is their, the last hope for humanity. Now, when you talk to Shelly after the scene, she says something interesting here. She says, unofficial reports say that the proto Merkaba was sent into the abyss by the Federation government after Yokimis Rahi's death was verified during the Milshan conflict. In other words, it was supposedly thrown into a double black hole that developed near old Milsha. So what happened um, before he died? Before they discovered his body? Um, the proto, well, after they discovered his body. So after he was found dead or declared dead, mm -hmm. that's when they threw the proto Merkaba into, into the, the abyss, abyss, into this double black hole. Okay, that's the abyss. Okay, yeah. yeah that's pretty tough. <laughs> so in other words, it was supposedly thrown into a double black hole that developed near old Milsha. Why is something that was discarded into a black hole here? There may be a discrepancy <laughs> between the historical fact and what actually happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, obviously. I was like, yeah, you, you, you don't say, Shelly. <laughs> yeah, I promise. I'll put the most powerful thing ever. This is like a nuclear disarmament, <laughs> right? It's yeah. so funny. It's like where America and Russia and China were all like, yeah, I'll get rid of our nukes. <laughs> of course I'll get rid of them. I'll just put them right over here in this... Uh, place where we can never get them again and it's like yeah. yeah you didn't get rid of them right so my last note is some of the realians are wondering why such a massive machine was needed to produce them so you go talk to the 100 series realians on the ship and they're like why is this proto merkaba necessary to create us like what's that all about so mm. i feel like that's a plant it's huge. for something it's yeah. like this huge thing that makes these little girls <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like what's up with that it's crazy. what's going on there so oh that's the gosh, end of my dude. notes for this week and I can't uh wait till we'll the leave end of it this off game. there yeah for next I time have the hardest time making sense of of what's going on in this part in particular i just yeah. i'm excited to finish it and hopefully yeah. uh Get, get a couple get answers? Uh, an answer or two? I think I might get three <laughs> answers. I'm, I'm looking for three. Hoping for three. <laughs> Likely to get one. Likely to get Likely one. to get 20 more questions. Right, that's, um, the trouble. that's the trouble. So, yeah, finish episode one of Xenosaga for next time. 
Uh, until then, have a good one, guys. Peace out. Peace.